be with us today and be with us during this Lenten journey, God, that we can just reflect on you and what you're going to do in our lives. God, I just ask you to be with Dr. Bill today as he comes to speak and be with us for us this week. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you. Wonderful job. Thank you, chapel team. Our chapel speaker today is Dr. William Diamond. I've had the privilege of getting to know him over these last two years, and he's had an opportunity to share his stories and what the Lord did in his life uh, while a student at ENC. And next week is career week, and it's always important for me to uh, make sure we have lay people in chapel throughout the semester that have worked in fields where you may be going, uh, where you may be working, who yet also deeply love the church and deeply love you. And that uh, is what, who Dr. William Diamond is. Let me read just a little bit about him. Dr. William Diamond returned to Eastern Nazarene College after serving two years in the Army during the Korean War. He graduated in 1959 with a B.S. in mathematics. His first job following graduation was a computer programmer with RCA in their Missiles and Electronics Control Division, where he worked as a computer operator and a junior programmer supporting the engineering staff. He was involved in the development of satellite and orbital defense systems. After five years, he was hired by a consulting company, Computer Usage Corporation, where he worked for approximately nine years. He worked at AT&T for 25 years and retired as an engineering manager. In his later years, he managed a customer support department that provided support for AT&T transmission systems throughout the world. William Diamond is a member of the Malden Nazarene Church, where he served as Sunday school superintendent for over 40 years. On the New England District, he has served as an advisory board member, NYI vice president, district chairman, uh, currently the chairman of Windsor Hills Camp Board. He has spent the last three years rehabbing the church and parsonage of the Reading, Massachusetts Nazarene Church, which now hosts a Korean congregation. For over 20 years, he has been a member of the ENC Board of Trustees. In 2005, he was awarded an honorary doctorate degree by ENC. He married Willa Jenkins, an ENC graduate and a school nurse, and has four children. Beth is with us this morning. All Nazarene, all his students are Naz, all his kids are Nazarene College graduates. Three from Eastern Nazarene College. He has been a faithful supporter in every way to ENC over these years. He sent me an email last week. Now you need to understand, Dr. Diamond working for AT&T and training and different offices he has had. He's spoken to crowds as large as 8,000, and he said he's never been as nervous as he is today uh, to come before you. I said, don't worry, we're a supportive group. Uh, but I just want to read an email that he sent to me last week that I think captures his heart and his love for you well. I have a minor request, and that is that I don't sit on the platform until it's time to speak. You don't want my rhythm and ignorance of contemporary chorus lines on display. I have prayed much about Wednesday. I have spoken at career days before, but this one has had me stressed out. 
Part of the problem is that I once sat in the pews as a student and remember my reactions to, quote, know-it-all speakers. God finally gave me the peace I sought this morning and the stress is gone. My prayer is that there might be one or more Bill Diamonds there who hear something that God wants them to hear. It was in a chapel service that I had no interest in that God first spoke to me in a voice too loud for me to ignore. Will you please welcome Dr. William Diamond. Good morning. Before I start my written down speech, just tell you that uh, this is a, an important day for me. Uh, it means a lot in terms of what's happened in my own life. And what I'm going to be doing is sharing my testimony, which might not seem to fit a career day, but uh, I'll work into career days. And then I'm going to talk a lot about my family and, and how ENC and Nazarene colleges have impacted them. And uh, I think. Before I'm through, you'll find the career impact of all this. I put this speech together and uh, went downstairs in my office and gave it to myself, and it took 40 minutes. I looked at the clock and said, that's not going to work. I tried it again, and it took 30 minutes. I decided I'd write it. If I get nervous and read real fast, we'll be able to hear by 10. If I do it right, it'll be 20 minutes. And at the end, there will be a video clip. So, let me get right into it. The title of what I'm going to talk about is What If? And the what if is, what if I hadn't come to Eastern Nazarene College? Good morning. Fifty years ago, I sat in your seats, often not by choice, when the sanctuary was down below. In the good old days, you were fined for excessive absences. I gladly paid the fines, and then they changed the policy. The new policy had no fines, but you lost credits to graduation. I then became a regular attender at chapel. <laughs> my mother was a semi-invalid and a devoted Christian. I spent most of my early years in Sunday school and church. My mother died when I was a sophomore in high school. My father, although a good man, would rather hunt and fish than go to church. After my mother's death, I found it easier to hang in the corner than to be home alone in a third-floor attic apartment. I set up pins in the local bowling alley, shined shoes in the local corner, and worked in a bakery scraping pots and pans. I made it a point to be at home in bed before my father arrived at midnight. By my senior year, I was skipping school regularly. I would take a public bus, and when it got to the school, I would duck down until it got to the next stop. I would continue on the tea and spend the day in Boston. The usual routine was to attend a morning show and then go to a theater. I would make sure to catch the same bus the students would be on at the high school when I was on my way home. I had a bottle of wine in my locker at school and often had a buzz on. Eventually I got caught and was suspended and didn't graduate from high school. Good success story. The following year, some relatives encouraged me to attend ENC, where I could take my high school English along with my first year of college. I lasted one semester. The week of finals, I went home. And if you look at my transcript, it starts with all F's and one D. The D is an Old Testament that was given graciously by a good Christian man because I didn't take the final. I worked in construction as a laborer, got drafted, and spent two years in the Army. I was eventually stationed in Japan and Korea. I was in field engineering and while climbing a telephone pole, fell off and spent four months in a hospital in Japan. 
They transferred me to the Signal Corps, where I learned Morse code and spent the rest of my tour transmitting data between the Army and the Air Force. I returned home with no plans for my life. At discharge, when asked by the Army what my plans were, I said I was going to be a bookie. And I almost was. I spent a whole year where I didn't miss a night at the dog tracks. After continuous nagging by my family, I said I was going back to ENC. My plan was to visit the school and say hello to those students that I had started school with who are now seniors, and then I would come home and say they wouldn't take me back. I came to the campus, and as I walked up the garden hall stairs, Madam Niece, the registrar, came through the doors. She greeted me warmly and said, you're back. I wasn't back, but I found myself signing up to attend a school I didn't want to attend, knowing I couldn't do college work. I lived in the library that semester, but went home every weekend and binged, often returning to ENC on a Monday morning after partying all night, too hungover to get to class. Dr. Worcester's father and I roomed together off campus. He came to our apartment after chapel one morning and told me I had received a scholarship for good grades and moral integrity. <laughs> but I had been too hungover to go to chapel that morning. I remember passing out on the expressway on the way back to ENC one night. I came to when my car was bouncing around on the road with the middle guardrails on my light and the Neponset River ahead of me. Somehow or other, the guardrail ended and I got back on the highway, pulled over in fright. The fright lasted until the next weekend when I went home and binged again. About this time, my father was killed in a car accident on the way to Canada on a fishing trip. He asked me to go with him and I backed out at the last minute to spend the weekend partying at the Cape. I was in a local bar room when I received the call that he had been killed. The bartender's daughter later attended our Sunday school and is now a pastor's wife. I floated through ENC during my years here, attending chapel, and like a lot of you, not hearing the word that was said. One day in my junior year, a loud voice, but silent, said to me, how does all this affect you? From that moment on, every message that I heard in chapel was said as if it was meant for me personally. I graduated from ENC, but God followed me. I partied more, snow skied more, water skied more, ran faster and faster away from God. At home one night, I woke up unable to breathe. I was rushed to the hospital, put on a gurney, and brought to the emergency room. I claimed to be an agnostic. There could be a God, maybe a God, maybe not a God. However, I was terrified, and I found myself praying to the God I didn't believe in. God transformed my life in that gurney, and after some more struggling, I committed my life to him. The night I did, I drove back to ENC and threw rocks at my wife-to-be's window. I told Willow about my commitment, but don't think she believed me. Later on in her wallet, I found a little clipping that said, there comes a time in my relationship with anyone, in order to know me, you must know my Christ. Later I learned that Willow had been holding all-night prayer meetings for me, and I discovered my invalid mother's Bible with tear-stained passages in Proverbs that had the word son underlined. Now, what has all this to do with career day? From that moment on, my relationship with Christ and serving him became my primary career. I became involved in my church. I'm going to get repetitive here with my bio, but uh, I have to read. <laughs> I became involved in my church and served as Sunday school superintendent for over 40 years on the New England district. I was Christian Life Chairperson on the advisory board, NY Vice President, General Assembly Delegate, and I'm currently Chairperson of the Windsor Hills Camp Board. I have served as a trustee at ENC for somewhere between 20 and 30 years, and one of the things I do is orient new trustees that come on the board as to what it means to be a trustee. 
For the last three years, I have been rehabbing the Reddy Nazarene Church, which has been closed, and the parsonage, with volunteer labor. Commercial here. If any of you want to help clean up an old basement filled with junk, let me know. Two teams from ENC were there in the past with Dr. Reed. There is a Korean congregation worshiping there now, and two of their teens, Rachel Moon and Min Ho Chung, are now attending ENC. The Korean pastor and I have become close friends, and in discussions with him, I learned that his father's church in Korea was just a few miles from where I was stationed during the war. Secular work, which you're more concerned about, was my second career. For the next few minutes, I will tell the impact ENC has had on the careers of my family. And this is not a bragging session, but it's just intending to show how God works. After graduation with a BS in math, I worked for five years at RCA in the Missile and Electronics Control Division. I was a computer operator, a junior programmer, running software for defense systems. My next job was with Computer Usage Corporation, a computer consulting company. I became a senior analyst there and spent eight-plus years developing systems for corporations such as Polaroid, First National Bank, Boston City Hospital, Raytheon, the states of Mass, and New Hampshire, and Vermont, and many others. One of our larger jobs was with AT&T, who later hired me, and where I spent 25 years until I retired. The week I decided to leave computer usage, I put together a resume, the first time I had done that in eight years. I was led by God to do that, knowing that our office eventually was going to close. As I was Xeroxing it, I received a call from AT&T saying they were looking for someone to install an, install an optical character recognition system, something that I had worked on, and asked if I would be interested in reviewing, interviewing for the position. Hard to say no when I was standing there with the resume in my hand, and I just got through praying about what God would do with me. I had the resume. I had the interview. The person who met me at the door brought me to my boss-to-be and said, you guys should get along great. You're both religious nuts. He was an atheist. My new boss and I held retreats together, formed a coffee house that was probably the largest on the East Coast as a corporation, and just had a relationship with God that was unbelievable. That's God's leading for that job. I started a Bible study at AT&T and opened the door for some ENC grads to be hired. One of those who attended the Bible school later went to Nazarene Bible College. It took a lot of prayer on my part as a late-blooming Christian the first time I picked up my Bible and walked the aisles of the plant to where we'd hold a Bible study. It would have been much easier to be a closet Christian. My last assignment at AT&T was as a functional engineering manager of a customer support organization responsible for worldwide support and installation at AT&T and later Lucent Products. For you techies, one of the products was fiber to the premises, the predecessor of uh, Verizon's Fios. Let me tell you how this relates to you. I came to ENC planning to be a civil engineer, but couldn't transfer to UMass because I didn't have the right prerequisite courses and it was going to cost me a year. At AT&T, following God's leading, I became an engineering manager, a much greater position than I would have had if I'd gone to UMass. I married Willa, the EN school nurse a coal miner's daughter from Kentucky who was told that girls didn't go to college. She left home, received a degree in nursing in Columbus, Ohio, and came to ENC for a BS in nursing. She had applied to several Nazarene colleges but only received an offer from ENC. She had no financial support and worked nights and weekends at Quincy Hospital as a clinical instructor to pay her tuition. After graduation, she taught nursing at a college and a vocational school. 
She retired as a nursing manager of a home health organization. She taught Sunday school in our local church for 30 years. Son Bill came to ENC planning to be a physician, but later switched to psychology. He was student body president at ENC, received a PhD from Biola University, and currently resides in California. He will complete his first book within a month or two. His specialty for you psych majors is emotional intelligence. I don't have any of that. <laughs> he is involved in mission work and spent a summer in Peru and another with Dr. Chuck Yaley in Africa. Currently, he attends Rick Warren's church and recently was in South Africa with a group making wheelchairs out of plastic patio chairs with wheel kits they brought with them. He had over 250 speaking engagements last year, over half of them as a management consultant to Verizon. Daughter Amy was one of our two jocks. She came to ENC after playing three sports in high school and was captain of the high school basketball team. She was eligible for scholarships everywhere, but chose to come to ENC. And here's a little insert here. I told my kids they could go to college wherever they wanted to, but I'd only pay for ENC. That, that, that is a, that's a little influence. Later on, I'll mention the one that escaped. She played basketball and volleyball at ENC, and after graduation was coach of the ENC women's basketball team. She taught at Lexington Christian Academy, where she was an exchange teacher to Japan and the field hockey coach. She also spent time in Europe traveling with a Christian sports team. A little more about Amy. In a local church, she started an upward-bound basketball program for youth from the community. Amy teaches math at Reading High School and is one of the technology persons involved with training other teachers in the use of equipment. Summers, she's been offering workshops in robotics for students interested in science. Two years ago, she collapsed at home, fell down a flight of stairs, and was unconscious for almost three hours. When she came to, she was paralyzed on her left side and dragged herself across the floor to a window where a neighbor finally heard her hollering and called 9-11 and us. We met her in the hospital emergency room and were told that she had had an acute stroke, had lost the use of her left hand, and might never walk again. I spent the night at the hospital, and we enlisted people throughout the country in prayer. I went into her room in the morning, and she raised her paralyzed left hand, and, and at my request, wiggled her toes. She is now fully recovered. In her spare time, she plays volleyball and basketball, and has recently spent time training for a cross-country race. Last Sunday, she arrived in Switzerland to visit our older daughter, Wendy, and to spend this week now skiing in the Alps. Pray for her. <laughs> Wendy is our oldest daughter. She escaped ENC and went to Northwest College so she could play field hockey. ENC didn't have a field hockey team. And ski. While at Northwest, she traveled to Australia, New Zealand, and the Fiji Islands playing field hockey and holding meetings with high school club teams. In high school, she too captained the basketball team and was undefeated in the shot put for 13 meets. Wendy wanted to be a physician from the fourth grade on. She is currently a pediatrician, working for a Christian humanitarian organization, and living in Switzerland. She ran an office in a Leahy Clinic satellite in Harvard, Mass., and one day came home and told me she wanted to do more with her life than give unnecessary antibiotics to the children of yuppie parents. She said, I, I, I want to do something else in my life. She gave up her practice and went to Harvard University for a year and earned a master's degree in public health. Later, she attended London School of Hygiene, where she earned a certificate in tropical medicine, where she could work in third world countries. Wendy spent part of a year in Sri Lanka with Doctors Without Borders and was with them when they won the Nobel Prize. 
I got the certificate in the mail when she was overseas. She came home, I gave it to her, and she threw it in the basket. And she said, Dad, that doesn't mean anything. Her next assignment was with Midair, where she is currently employed. She lived in Nairobi, Kenya for five years and traveled in and out of southern Sudan. Recently, she was promoted and is working as the medical director in the home office in Switzerland. In the last year or two, she has been in Darfur, Sudan, Bangladesh, Myanmar, Uganda, Indonesia, and several other countries. She has just put together a medical team who are, going to, who are in Haiti. Sunday, she returned from Uganda and southern Sudan to meet her sister Amy for a week of skiing and then probably is going off to Haiti. Wendy spends much of her time in the field in a sleeping bag, living in a pup tent. She is given a transfusion arm to arm when there is no plaza. We communicate when possible via Skype or cell phone and for a while with by satellite. She has been airlifted by the UN out of dangerous situations and has had supplies dropped to her by parachute. Often she returns to the field when she has with her her laptop and Jesus films. Sometimes with Doctors Without Borders, that was something she wasn't supposed to do. Our family calls her Mother Teresa. Then there is Beth, who is here today. And I want to thank Beth. I got up this morning at 6 because we had 8 inches of snow, and Beth had shoveled my driveway last night. On the way home, she will chew me out for, on the way home, she will chew me out for exaggerating. I will wave the banner of age and dementia. Beth came to ENC planning to be a lawyer and to major in math. She spent summers and vacations in high school working in a law office in our hometown. In her junior year at ANC, she announced that she had taken an English course, loved it, and wanted to change her major. She eventually decided on a double major in math and English and later received a master's degree in education. While at ANC, she worked in the admissions office recruiting, was the homecoming queen, and along the way met Eric, a homecoming king, and captain of the soccer team. They were married in the sanctuary. Beth is now a high school teacher in Wakefield where she teaches English and coordinates the MCAS program. Recently, she was one of 33 teachers in the U.S. who completed virtual high school site coordination orientation, which means that's a program that will provide virtual learning to students wishing to take courses that aren't offered in current high school. They can take them remotely. She presented plans for virtual education to the local school committee last month and will oversee its implementation. Beth is on the worship team at the National New Hampshire Church. She knew all the choruses today. I didn't know any of them. I was looking for Amazing Grace and Old Rugged Cross. <laughs> Husband Eric works for Field Turf, the largest vendor of artificial turf in the U.S. Last year, they resurfaced Gillette Stadium, the Patriots home field, and have done most of the NFL fields. He has a passion for sports and ANC. Eric made a last-minute decision to attend ANC. He was going somewhere else. He is a Sunday school teacher at the Nashua New Hampshire Church. Some summaries. For my family, Nazarene colleges have provided career opportunities for an engineer, a nurse educator, a psychologist, a math teacher, an English teacher, a physician, and a sports salesman. All of them started their careers with a liberal arts education at a Nazarene college, and most went on for advanced degrees. Many of them changed direction, as a lot of you may rightfully do. College is a time for finding out what you want to do. Your best resource is prayer. Some caveats. A liberal arts education at ENC equips you well for the world you will join. You can go on to any other institution you choose with the education it provides. I had brilliant engineers working for me who couldn't compose a letter or answer the telephone correctly. Your liberal arts education will serve you well whatever, whatever endeavor you choose. More importantly, ENC provides an environment where you can participate in serving others through whatever location you choose. Choose the most important career of all 
first, serving God. Matthew 6.33, but seek first his kingdom and righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you. I titled this talk, What If? What if a coal miner's daughter had stayed in Kentucky? What if Madeline Neese hadn't met me at the Ed Building Stairs? What if Eric went to a secular college and never met Beth? What if I had gone on a fishing trip with my father? Would I be alive? What if no one was there to pray for Amy? What if my invalid mother hadn't prayed for me before she died? What if I hadn't come to ENC? My daughter told me this morning or yesterday if I hadn't come to ENC, she would probably have a druggie or an alcoholic as a father. I don't think so. I don't think I would be alive today. I came here this morning because I have a debt to ENC that can never be repaid, but I will keep trying. Hopefully one or more of you will hear the silent, loud voice that I heard while you're at ENC. Finally, for those of you who are struggling as I did, wake up the person beside you and find some solace in the following two-minute video clip. Thank you. Wasting her time, she's too shy to put her best foot forward. Turned down by the Decca Recording Company who said, we don't like their sound and guitar music is on the way out. A failed soldier, farmer, and real estate agent. At 38 years old, he went to work for his father as a handyman. Cut from the high school basketball team, he went home, locked himself in his room, and cried. Told him he was too stupid to learn anything and he should go into a field where he might succeed by virtue of his pleasant personality. Fired from a newspaper because he lacked imagination and had no original ideas. His fiance died, he failed in business twice, he had a nervous breakdown, and he was defeated in eight elections. If you've never failed, you've never lived. Will you please stand for prayer? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the reminder today of a rich Christian heritage. We thank you for the way you invaded the heart and life of William Diamond and had a purpose and a plan for his life. And uh, We thank you for the faithfulness. And I know as he shared with me in the office this morning, he doesn't mean to brag on his family or children, but he just thinks, where would I be without my Lord and Savior? Where would my children be without our Lord and Savior? If there are those in this room this morning that do not know you as Lord and Savior of their life, we pray that they learn to trust in you and give their heart and life to you completely. For not only will their life change, their families will change. Their life will change and the world changes through them. May we be good stewards of all that you've given us, including this time here at ENC and the education that they are earning. Pray you bless their efforts. Watch over, protect them. Be with us through this day, through the weeks, and the rest of the semester, and we'll give you all the glory and all the praise. We pray these things in Christ's name. As you go, we thank Dr. Diamond one more time for sharing with us this morning. You are dismissed. Thank you.